The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Now they'll throw. Pass is caught. That's White. Touchdown. Brady. End zone touchdown. Two-point conversion here to really apply the pressure on the Falcons. They were one for two during the regular season on two-point tries. A direct snap, and it's good. James White. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football, and they're saying it's a catch. Oh, that's a catch. Oh my God. That's incredible. Hand off. Touchdown, James White. That's Amendola. Flag is down. Amendola's in. The great Tom Brady had completed 10 in a row. Now second and goal. 319. Toss to White. You can't beat a walk-off Super Bowl win, can you? That was at, uh, I, w- I was watching that at your house. Wouldn't know. I never had one. But I'll buy, buy no, but what you, you're selling. You, yeah. wa- you watch them. Yeah, I mean, that's was, true. You remember that game and the comeback? 28-3? to Yeah. It's unbelievable. Do you not remember that well because you were hosting the party? Yeah, I don't remember a lot of the Super Bowl party or the out- or the outcomes because I'm usually running around filling other people's drinks up, including mine. I don't know if that was the year I fell asleep at 1 o'clock with my fully clothed, my shoes on, and woke up at 3 and puked. I want to say sure. that was the year that John Fox was there. That was the, yes, the year that the, I puked. The, tw- the 28-3 to game was the game that he was at, I think. I think. So. think. I think that's the the, uh, the last time I puked from drinking, too. <laughs> I do. I believe that's the last time I threw up from drinking. Okay. Those highlights courtesy of Fox. I remember getting up and going into my bathroom at 3 in the morning and was kind of shocked that I had all my clothes and my boots on. It's amazing. It, it, it is, Waddle was going down memory lane, too, as Ryan Rossillo uh, joins us right now on the Waddle and Sylvie Show. Been a friend of the show for a long time. Yeah. Waddle was remembering one year when Rosillo came to town, yeah. and, and Waddle had a bunch of cucumbers he in got, his We drove trunk. him somewhere. I thought we were driving we, him somewhere, and he got in the back seat. I had, like, a giant bag of cucumbers that we I were, had. We were bar hopping when they yeah. were doing the uh, Van Pelt Rosillo yes. show. and I think that this was part of my harvest, like my growing of cucumbers. And you just had it in your back seat? I brought seat. them into to, to the office to share them with everybody, and I left them in the back seat. And I think that Ryan looked at me and was like, "Why are these cucumbers in your back seat?" Rusillo, you remember that? I remember that ride. I remember. I remember bar hopping and going to all these places, and also sort of falling in love with uh, Waddle and the city of Chicago. <laughs> but that was that was the infamous Elgin Remote, which Van Pelt and I still text about once a year. Where we were like, "What happened again?" And it was just hilarious because we show up, we're all fired up. And uh, we were in studio with you guys getting ready to go on. And we're like, what's going on? They're like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, we're going to be at, like, we're doing a broadcast in this, like, beach volleyball bar in Elgin or something. And you guys are like, what? And uh, 
we we soon figured out that it, apparently none of the local lineup was was equipped to do that. So yeah, it was uh, the history is uh, interesting. Yeah, it was it was it like you guys sold it, and and the twenty we're we're celebrating our twenty five year anniversary and I know you have an invite to come to our, our big party. I hope you can make it. Carmen DeFalco also had a message that he wants to have you on soon. And I don't know why I told him I go, yeah. Carmen text Rosillo. You could tell him yourself. But the the story goes like you guys were advertising Van Pelt Rosillo, come into the city of Chicago. We can't <laughs> wait to hang out with you. It's going to be awesome. And then you guys are like, we're in Elgin. <laughs> we didn't know. We seriously got off the plane and got to the studio. And we thought, we were like, that just must be some town that's, you know, part of the greater Chicago area or something. And you guys are like, what? Like, Do you know how far away that is? Have you ever been? And we're like, we don't. Like, I don't know. I, you know, we don't look at maps anymore. Yeah. And then once it all kind of, like, dawned on us what had happened, we were like, hmm. And the thing is, is Scott, Scott, especially back at that point, and I was like, well, I can't get mad because he's going to be mad enough for the both of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days, right? That's the first time. These are the good old days for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I remember. Yeah, that. no, I mean, look, uh, it's. It was cool to be sort of, you know, connected to it. And we loved coming out. I mean, I still come out, if not once, sometimes twice a year. I still have friends that live in the area. I become friends with people there. Uh, I, you know, I'm a good friend that lives up in Lake Forest. So, you know, I've got to explore the area. I, I, you know, anybody that spends any time there falls in love with the place. But it was, it was one of those things where Scott and I aren't great at letting things go. And we just were texting about the Elgin show the other day. That's amazing. Um, just laughing. Yeah, so anyway, there you go. The last time we saw you, I think the last time we saw you in person was at the Super Bowl three years ago before the entire world shut down. Yeah, in Miami. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. That was, that was good to see you guys. I mean, look, I love catching up with you guys here. You were awesome to us, and um, you know. But it was it was kind of funny because you go from you know, as you know, like I started in local in Boston, and I did the Houston and Jacksonville Super Bowls and all the Radio Row stuff, and then you get to ESPN, and then you kind of it's like the cool thing is to not do that, you know, and then you kind of condition to that. Now, now I'm like, oh, I'm you know, it just I, it, it's just funny because whenever I think back to Radio Row. Like you would have these super famous people show up to promote something and then be annoyed that people were interested in them. And you're like, hey, man, it's 200 plus shows all over the country and other parts of the world. And you're annoyed that people are asking you to do something. Here's a here's a tip. Don't go then. Like, don't show up to Radio Row if you don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, so. You see guys, really famous people walking around just huffing and puffing. Oh, I got to do another one of these interviews. And you're like, right. And they've got like a Pepsi jacket on, <laughs> and you know they got like a check for a hundred grand. Yeah. And then you know they're doing their seventh interview of the day, and you're like, "What do you think? What do you think the deal was? Right. If they're just gonna you're gonna wear a jacket for a day, you know?" So, so the whole radio row dynamic is both fascinating, and I sort of don't miss it. And you know, it's also kind of like one of those classic like. If, you don't want to do anything, but it's yeah. more offensive, offensive to you if no one asks you to do anything. Exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, it's it's just kind of the way people are wired. And but. Sylvie, do you remember the, that particular Super Bowl? 
One of the, it's topical now, maybe one of our last guests was one of the most willing participants of our time there was, remember when Sean Payton sat down with yeah, us uh-huh. and we had a good conversation with him. He was he was a willing participant. Because he was no Yurko, right? But why. he wasn't looking at his watch, looking over us. No, he he was, was actually great. you know engaged, which yeah. was nice. Yeah, because not everybody yeah, was. He's like my neighbor now. He, uh, I, you know, it's sort of a part time neighbor, and it appears that he won't be my neighbor much longer now with the Denver gig. Uh, but you know, anybody that's Denver is another one of those cities. Anybody spends any time there, any athletes, I'm sure. You know, you guys have met people that have come through and left there or whatever. I'm not 100% surprised. And I still can't believe that Russell Wilson would be this bad, continuing, like, moving forward. But I knew you didn't have me on to talk Broncos football, so I'll stop. It's it's all right. So because you worked so long in Boston, we wanted to ask you, though, about the Brady retirement. A, do you think uh, it's going to stick? It's weird. I mean, just the other day, somebody was telling me that he was talking with Tampa and that he still had desires to come back. And, I, you know, I think one of the, the toughest things that you can do as an NFL player, especially NFL players, I think the worst time to make this decision is right after the season's over because all of these guys want to retire. Guys in their 20s want to yeah. retire. Okay? <laughs> and then May comes around, and then you start being like, you're kind of hitting it pretty hard. And then July, you know, full-blown – you know, 300 workouts, and you're like, all right, well, you're coming back. And then, you know, we've got to know a lot of guys that go through that timeline. And so with Brady, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, he's still shy, two and a half seasons shy of Barb's fake retirements. So he could maybe catch him and be halfway there if he comes back again. <laughs> Last year was really weird because he was going through all the personal stuff. You know, I don't, I don't know what the deal is um, as a guy. I don't know if I feel like I'm totally biased about it, but it's just, it's it's frustrating to think that some of the off the field stuff, which everybody deals with, you know, whether you're famous or not, dealing with things day to day and how much that impacted what happened. Because, you know, the guy clearly wanted to keep playing, and it, it appeared that was that was quite the challenge at home. I would I would suggest like well, then definitely don't marry a baseball player, because if you're going to marry a pro athlete and worry about time, uh, the NFL player is probably the best choice considering how short the season is and there's only a couple games and you're home half the season. So, you know, whatever. I I don't know. Like part of me selfishly wanted him to come back one more year and then I'm sitting there going, like, what like the the legacy for Brady at this point, like what else do you add to it? Like who it's kinda like when LeBron's gonna pass Kareem. Is somebody gonna wake up the next day going, Okay, I was on the fence about this guy, but <laughs> I guess he's one of the greats, you know? Like, we've already made up our mind. And with Brady, I don't know that he could ever do anything to detract to it. And honestly, going to Tampa, he only added to it in legendary fashion. I, I know he's not waiting for my, uh, my my thoughts on this, but I, I said to Sylvie earlier, I'm content with him retiring. I, I, I loved Tom Brady as a player. Uh, I'm I'm good with the fact that he's not going to come back. And this is the first time that I've been able to make that kind of announcement how i personally feel about tom brady so i'm content i hope he finds contentment with the fact that i'm content with him no longer playing but um but, but we'll back channel it yeah, yeah exactly so the the brady belichick legacy ranking where is it is if this is finally the end for tom brady Okay, and I'm glad you brought it up because the whole thing, I did it for a year straight and I was like running out of material because I would just try to zag every time you thought it was obvious that one was ahead of the other one. But if I'm being totally serious about this, this is an absolute, like this is a TKO. This is a, this is a tap out. Um, if you think about Brady and the story of, of him entering the league, the fact that 198 players could be drafted ahead of the guy that would go down is probably the greatest player in the history. Now you could you know, tell me the quarterback has the advantage, all those things, fine. All right. 
Um, he's a development story, uh, unlike anything we've seen in a really long time, right? Uh, because that first that first Super Bowl run, you know, I remember going, all right, you know, he seems to have come some of that moxie, but like, is he really one of those dudes who's going to drop back and win you a game? Like, those are real questions you still had in Boston at the time. And there was still a split of, like, whether or not he was more talented than Bledsoe. He only had one touchdown pass in the entire playoff run, wow. that first Super Bowl run against the Rams. Like, go back. If you look at that stuff, and I remember watching it being like, they had real handcuffs on him. You know, they didn't. So you were like, is he going to be kind of this game manager that breaks the huddle and people love his toughness? But you're always going to be wondering if you're going to upgrade. <laughs> and then he turns into this. And then the end of the New England run, which I think, you know, in the moment, you wonder, is this being talked about enough? And that's probably the worst way to get into a topic. But to think about this, he was with the one coach slash GM in Belichick who would be willing to go, now nah, we're good, to this guy, okay? There's no other franchise in the NFL that would have said, now nah, we're good. We're going to move on from you. Right. No one would have talked to Tom Brady that way with the resume and what he did for that city and what he did for that franchise, Okay. And Belichick, which I think had some odd motivations at time, and I think there was some part of him that was like, okay, I think he's declining. Let me get ahead of this. I think he was still mad about how the Garoppolo transaction went down. There were certainly numbers and some of the eye tests would back it up that Brady looked like he was regressing a bit. But then when it's Brady who's regressing, you're like, oh, he must be done, as opposed to somebody else who maybe just had a subpar season. And by the way, they always took him for granted. They paid him less. They didn't invest in players the way other teams did because they were always talking about their way and the Patriot way of building, which they've seemingly forgotten now for multiple years. <laughs> they didn't really spend a ton on options. They do the way they would do with other big-time quarterbacks that you were also saving money on. And so, you know, he doesn't have all these weapons at the end of that last run in the Titans' playoff loss, and you're thinking, is he actually regressing? And then in the ultimate ultimate revenge the kind of revenge that i wish i had the opportunity i wish i was important enough to even have a chance at this kind of revenge he goes to another team and immediately wins a super bowl like that's that's unbelievable it almost gets lost in all the other brady accomplishments so for him to do what he did as long as he did and to have this last act where it's like wait you doubt me and you're going to try to prove some point by moving on from me early just because i may not have been as good statistically like you think you figured it out I think Belichick wanted to move on from him to prove some kind of point, and it's clear that there was one guy that was far more important in the relationship. Yeah. In meantime, Ryan, uh, Bill Belichick is hiring Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinators. Well, that part, I mean, at, at a total loss, at a total loss. Like he, Belichick, the GM, would have been fired years ago, um, yeah. and then they had to spend on everybody in free agency because they couldn't draft. And then it's like, okay, we've got Mac Jones in here. And like every other team that has a cheap quarterback, although I guess Bears fans could actually be like, what are you talking about? People spend money on receivers when you have a cheap quarterback? <laughs> um, so we'll say Chicago and New England are the rare, like, hey, you have a free quarterback now for three to four years. Spend the money. But the thing is, is the Patriots actually spent a ton of money. If you look at their cap hit at receiver and tight end, it's like number one or two in the league. And I think combined it's number one. And then you're like, wait, that's even worse. You actually finally spent the money when Brady left, and you don't really have, like, is their top threat a three on a good team? So I don't know what they're going to do. I actually think Bill O'Brien is a really good coach. I know he's super unpopular on social media, but I look at some of the, some of the teams that he had, um, and I actually think he did a pretty good job. And I thought he's terrific at Penn State and everything else. So that should be a massive improvement over a fired defensive coordinator and Joe Judge, you know, who's a fired special teams guy. And I don't know. I, some of it at times when you'll, you'll ask around, it's like, well, coaching, part of coaching is coaching up your other coaches, and Belichick doesn't want to waste his time with that. 
which I can kind of understand. But when you have Mac Jones, who's probably an if at this point at best, uh, and even last year when I thought he was okay, you're like, I still don't know if this is the answer. Like you need to do more to make sure that you're maximizing his development and opportunities. And they, for some reason, almost like this idea that they don't have to do it. It's like, yeah, you didn't have to do it when you had Brady, (laughs) but you don't have him anymore. So it's pretty obvious you need to change courts. Our friend Ryan Rossillo joining us. It's Waddle and Selvi on ESPN 1000. Check out the Ryan Rossillo podcast. The reason we wanted to have you on, and then the Brady story sort of got in the way, is we've always loved your NBA opinions. And we have, again, uh, NBA Hal here in Chicago. Um, and, and, like, it's just, it's, it's something, Ryan, where the Bulls are here again, and they're 10th. And they're really on the road to nowhere. So what would you tell AK what to do at the deadline? Oh, well, I, if I knew, then I'd work for the team. They're stuck. <laughs> they're totally stuck. I mean, other than time travel here, there's, there's not many options. Uh, would you, you sell? Know, I, would, you, would you sell? If you were him, would you sell? Would you, just, would you go around the edges and wait till the end of the year? Would you like look at Caruso and Vooch for now and then maybe attack DeRozan and, and Levine at the end of the year? Where would you start then? Okay, well, the first thing I would do is, is I, I, I say with like every market, right, like, or any of my friends even, it's like, okay, well, you've got to trade one of these guys. And I might say, okay, what do you think you're getting, right? What do you think you're getting? And then you start going like, oh, that's all I'm being offered? Okay, well, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Like maybe, maybe you know, it's, it's one thing to say, okay, it's time to tear it down. It's like, okay, but what are you actually getting back that's an asset? The Vooch trade is a disaster. And we know that because you wouldn't trade any of the individual pieces back for him. You wouldn't trade Carter back for him, certainly not Franz, and then the top four protected pick this year. Like you wouldn't get any of those one things for him, and unfortunately he moved all three. And to be totally fair to that front office, you looked at it, and Chicago was struggling for a long time. You know, some of these teams that wait around with their cap space keep waiting for the next big star to be mad and want to go somewhere else. And it's like, you know, you got to get better first before anybody wants to go there. And it's a pretty flawed uh, approach to just sit around and wait on your cap space because it usually ends up meaning like one team wins out and seven are going, oh, no, now what do we do? So I kind of respect the fact that they were proactive about it and said, you know, look, DeRozan's a really nice player. That contract, a lot of us thought it was kind of high, ridiculous. Who are you bidding against? He's been awesome, and he's totally worth it. I probably want to re-sign him. Um, Levine, I get paying him. We can get to that. The Caruso, Alonzo, like the whole thing, I was like, you know, I actually kind of respect him going, hey, can we just not be terrible and then see where this goes? And then last year was, you know, a bit of fool's goal with that start. You were wondering how they would match up in the playoffs, and then it kind of plays out the rest of the way that it does. So I'm, to me, to be totally fair and then adding Vooch, I was like, I almost just respect that they're going, let's just be competitive and then see where it goes. The problem is, is the rest of the East got way better real quickly. And, you know, it's been a conference that on that side had been down, been down, you know, in comparison to the West for over a decade. And now it's stacked. Like, they're not even close to those teams in the top four. So I think the lesson in the Vooch thing or any trade is that you go, okay, if we're going to do this, what does it guarantee us? Moving these kinds of assets, what does it guarantee us? Despite the fact that if you just look at his straight numbers, you're like, man, what a really good player. The problem is in today's league, you know, a big guy, as much as he can shoot and he can pass, he facilitate, he does a lot of good things, he's really skilled. You're like, does it really change our profile and our outcome in the postseason? And that's not really the case. 
and they did the deal anyway. And I understand why they did it. Like back to the original point, having some respect for them going, let's just be competitive first. The problem is there's like seven or eight teams I like talent-wise better than them. So, okay, trade Vooch, trade Caruso, kick the tires on what some of the other guys are. You know, Levine's number is massive, so I don't know what's the, the, the likely outcome of this is, is a – is a move that doesn't really move the needle all that much and change who they are. And then the fact that this pick, even though it's top four protected, but the way they flattened out the lottery odds, like just deciding to tear it, I don't know that they'd be bad enough to think they're going to get in that top four or get lucky to keep the pick anyway. So they're really stuck. They're an average team that's bad on offense, okay on defense, with some nice individual pieces, and it's gone south real quick while the rest of the teams around them all have gotten better. Is there going to be a reluctance to make any, and I mean, I don't know what there is, like you said, that they can do to make any type of significant headway, but do you cling to status quo if you're this front office because this is what you did and we're going to be overly patient to try and prove that our decisions from the year before were sound decisions? Like, Or do you pivot and move knowing that it didn't work? They already know it didn't work. I mean, I don't care what they say publicly. They know it didn't work. And, you know, as I repeated the whole thing in the timeline, like I tried to understand why they did it. And even at the time, I was like, okay, I kind of get it, right? But, you know, I, I think there's always this urge when you're in this this purgatory, this NBA purgatory, where you're like, we're not terrible, terrible. So now we don't know what to do, but we're not even close to contending. Nobody would pick them in a playoff series against any of the teams that are going to be in the first round. So... You know, everybody wants to go, okay, fine, just just move on. I don't I don't even think it's about ego at this point. I think it's about being completely stuck. Like, I don't know what you get back for DeRozan. I don't know what you get back for Levine. I don't think the Vooch market is all that great. You know, Caruso's a nice player. Plenty of teams that like Patrick Williams, but he's actually like, I'm more. the more I watch him, the more I'm like kind of happy with some of his development. But again, like, is he going to be a guy guy? I, you know, I kind of doubt that. I think that would be a pretty lofty ceiling for him. So what I'm telling you is I don't have the answer other than this is a very predictable path for a lot of teams right. in that they know they're stuck and there aren't all of these assets where it's like, okay, we're just going to start over and tear it all down. Cause I don't even know. Like, I feel like the fan base is like, didn't we just do this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we just That's do the this? Problem. So now we're going to do it again. Even if it were the right move, like what be, must yes. be done eventually must be done immediately. But I don't know, man, franchises don't, really work that way and i have sympathy for them more than i have criticism of being able to oh you should have done this should have done that all these different things like again i can only say it the most simple like the simplest way is that they know they're stuck because anybody that looks at the sheet or the talent or where they're at i mean it, it it sucks for bulls fans because we know how awesome that city is right and they have no they have no pick they have no first round pick ryan like you said like they're probably not going to get in the top four to get the pick and then this portland pick that they traded marketing in for that, uh, to Cleveland originally, uh, that thing probably, you know, that's lottery protected. So they're probably, again, in a year that they need a first-round pick more than anything, unless they trade one of these guys, they're probably not going to draft in the first round again this year, which sucks. Right, but so. even if they had, right, even if they had a pick in, you know, the early word is this draft is really bad. Um, you know, whenever I hear that around a draft, and clearly there are drafts that are much better, much worse than others, but... You know, the vibe on this one isn't that great. So even if they had a pick that was their own that landed, say, seven or eight, like, that's not solving all your problems either. You know, half the, when you go through it, man, it's crazy. If you look at, like, the top ten picks the last ten years or so, like, over 50% of them don't even make it to their second contract with the team that drafted them. 
Um, and some of those are trades as asset pieces to the next thing. So, you know, I, there's there's other basketball parts of it. Like, I think DeRozan's regressed a bit, but he's still terrific. Levine has has had a – like, the counting stats still look good. When it's when he's on, he's really tough to deal with. But there's been a pretty significant regression from him, and he's a negative defensive player for nine years of his career. You know, and I – I have moments of being enamored with him, feeling like I like him way more than I like, you know, a younger player who had some real decision issues when he was in Minnesota. But then I look at that Pacers game, man. I watched that whole thing, and he he was, like, frustrated, so he kept driving. I think there's a, it almost reminds me a little bit of the Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler taking turn stuff, which was a disaster yeah. towards the end of that, where Rose is like, hey, this is my team, and Butler's like, yeah, I'm way better than you now, so it's my team. And we all know the Butler's super easy to get along with. So um, <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see with Levine. And I, by the way, I don't blame Jimmy Butler on that one because Rosen wasn't the same guy anymore. But, you know, I think there'll be times where, like, DeRozan will bring it up or DeRozan's looking at Levine to be like, okay, you know, get it over me. I'm bringing it up. And then Levine will be, like, you know, a little frustrated. When you're below 500, you know, and you start hearing the rumblings of, like, oh, Levine doesn't necessarily love the situation. It's like, yeah, especially when you're losing. I think I can see times where he forces the issue, and defensively, he's just a freelancer. He's just a, he, it's hard to, it's hard to win when you have a guy on your team, and it's not all on him. But I just I really I think there's so many winning plays in between the assists and and the steals and the buckets. It's just do you stay engaged? Do you pick up your man to box out? Do you get back on defense? Do you do you wander defensively? Do you know what the rotations are? And I unfortunately think for a guy that's you know as dynamic as anyone in the league when he's going uh he's been around he's been playing too long to make some of those same mistakes i thought that pacers game he was a mess the last few minutes yeah, yeah. all right get to town for a 25 year celebration yeah it's, we'll go out to carry no and have a show the, out there waddle, it's in the city oh okay you don't tease you don't him that to way carry? no we're not how about antioch no we're, we're not to going antioch. to antioch it's in the city all right, all right? uh ryan great to talk to you Thanks, keep ryan. up the great work all right Hey, congrats. That's quite a run, man, in an industry that does not have runs like that. So you deserve it. You guys are the best. Thank right. you so much. Thanks, See buddy. Ryan. There's Ryan Rossillo. Check him out uh, on uh, The Ringer, and uh, they do great work on the Ryan Rossillo podcast. He's got some great basketball thoughts as well. Yeah, always. Yeah, he's got great thoughts. He's a, a fun guy to talk to, as we always uh, love talking to him. Wilbon coming up at 5. There was a, a Bears report out there that has gone under the radar because of the Tom Brady retirement. We'll also talk more about the Brady retirement, but there was a, a report about the Bears and Justin Fields that has gone under the radar. We'll bring that to your doorstep coming up next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Leaves the Patriots with third and ten. Brady with time. Going back again to Moss. Touchdown, Patriots! Well, there's two great football players showing why they're great. Going right back to what just failed. And Brady and Moss hook up on a record catch. Is that Brian Gumble? Who was that doing that game? It was indeed. Good call by you. What the hell? Brian Gumble did football? He did, my friend. Was there like one year where he came back for it? 
So that was, uh, didn't go so well. I believe anyway. that was the first year of the NFL Network broadcasting Brian games. Gumbel, wow. That was uh, Brady's 50th touchdown of the year mm-hmm. to uh, Randy Moss in 2007. That was, was that their undefeated season as it, well? It was when they went 18 and 1. And then they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. The Giants got him a couple times. Nick Foles got him once. Ha ha! Think about that, though. He has seven Super Bowl victories to his resume. And oh, by the way, they could have. They just missed. They're a helmet catch away from having the only 19-0 season in NFL history. I have right here. Do you want want me to get a little something right here for you? Okay. What do you got? Do you know what I have for you? I don't. I have both. Tom Brady, by the way, if you're just getting into your car, and you probably know this, retired from football today. For the time being. For the time being. No, he's done. Um, or he's done. Yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick's statements following Tom Brady's retirements. His retirements. And it happened on the same day last year, too? Correct. Would you like to hear Tom, uh, so Bill Belichick's... They're making fun in the Twitch chat that tomorrow's Groundhog's Day and we've got a, a promo running that it's Groundhog Day. It is... Groundhog Day is probably the most worthless day on the calendar, I think. Sweetest day, too. Yeah, okay. It's good, too. Um, Every day, sweetest day. But who the hell cares? And, like, we know that it won't be spring until May anyway. So whatever the hell the rodent sees, it doesn't matter. Um, But anyway, like, this should be Tom Brady Day. This is the day that Tom Brady comes out to look at his shadow and retire. February 1st. So he goes into the booth possibly next year, and then the following February 1st, he comes out and retires from the booth. Right? No. Okay, so I have Bill Belichick issued a statement. Yeah. After his retirements. Okay. So last year and this year. Okay. I'm not being critical. In fact, I don't know what Bill's supposed to do other than go into his saved messages that he has sent. What would change? Reword a couple of things and re-deliver the message. It should have just hit retweet. So, Tyler, this is like, his first like, message, right? Well, like, why should it be any... Why should it be different? He should just hit retweet. Yeah, the top one's the, the first message. From Bill Belichick following the retirement of Tom Brady. First one. I am privileged to have drafted and coached Tom Brady, the ultimate competitor and winner. Tom's humble beginning in professional football ultimately ended with him becoming the best player in the N- in NFL history. Those are the first two lines from the first retirement. These are the first two lines of him, his second retirement. Tom Brady was the ultimate winner. He entered the NFL with little to no fanfare and leaves as the most successful player in league history. See, but I think the first one is a little more patting himself on the back. How did he start the first one? I am privileged to have drafted and coached Tom Brady, the ultimate competitor and winner. That's that's sort of like a a humble brag of that's true. Look at me, I drafted Tom Brady. Yes, he does. I am privileged. He revisits the ultimate winner line. Uses the same term. Okay. Uh, he also references Tom's humble beginnings in professional football in the first retirement. Here, in his second one, his relentless pursuits. Or, excuse me. He entered the NFL with little to no fanfare. And leaves as the most successful player in NFL history, which he referenced in both. Tom consistently performed at the highest level against competition that always made him the number one player to stop. His pursuit of excellence was inspirational. 
Down to his second one. His work ethic and desire to win were both motivational and inspirational to teammates and coaches alike. Tom was a true professional who carried himself with class and integrity throughout his career. Going back to the first one, Tom was professional on and off the field and carried himself with class, integrity, and kindness. I thank Tom for his relentless pursuit of excellence and positive impact on me and the New England Patriots for 20 years. To the second one, I thank Tom for the positive impact he had on me and on the Patriots and congratulate him on his amazing career. Look, I said this to Miller. I'm not being critical of Bill Belichick. What was he supposed to do? He just reached back into his previous statement, reworded it a touch, and then sent it out again. Like, yeah, how are you supposed to change it? It was the same (laughs) day, one year later, he didn't coach him anymore. Do you Nothing think it was changed. even necessary for Bill to, to issue a second? He could have issued the same statement. Yeah. As I reported to you all or released last year, the following still holds. It's just I thought it was funny to look at the two the two statements from Bill Belichick. Do you think, you think Bill- that Bill Belichick really in his heart of hearts, what do you think his first emotion is? When you say to him and you hook him up to the Waddle and Sylvie uh, truth serum machine. We inject him with true serum. When you say Tom Brady, what do you think first thought comes from Bill Belichick? From Belichick? Yeah. I made him. <laughs> I created him. I created him. Yes. Could have drafted anybody. Created him. Do you think that he is truly thankful for Tom Brady? Do you think he's resentful? Yeah, you think no, both? No, you I think, think it's a combination he, of everything. I think he's 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 showing now that it couldn't it could not have been anybody. Maybe he thinks he could have done the same thing if Jimmy Garoppolo would have stayed. Why? Maybe he is resentful. Like Rosillo brought that up. Yeah. Maybe he is resentful that if he would have won that battle. Remember the the Seth Wickersham story yeah. that Brady won the Garoppolo versus Brady thing, where they wanted to choose Gar- Garoppolo and. Belichick Brady went to, right, and Brady went to ownership and got Garoppolo traded, and that's why they took so little. Right, and maybe if they would have chosen at that time to go with Jimmy G, the Belichick's Belichick believes they would have continued their greatness. I don't know. What do you think? I don't. I think over the course of time, what we and this was the question forever: Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? I've always believed again. In life, it's it's in the they enhanced each other's careers. They enhanced each other's legacies. At the end of the day, though, the great player for me in this position, at the quarterback position in this situation, will trump the great coach. Of course. So for me, Tom Brady is at a higher on a higher level than Bill Belichick. But I don't believe that Bill Belichick should be looked at any less. Well, what you about know. in recent years? It, like, well, I brought this up yesterday when I didn't even know about Brady. Like, where would you, again, I know we did this fun broadcast draft around this time yesterday. If we were drafting coaches today for our franchises, where would Belichick go today? He wouldn't go at the top the way he would in previous a, years. Right, I'm not going for accomplishments. I'm going today. Yeah. Like, would you take Tomlin before him? You would certainly take Andy Reid before him. Would you take Sean McVay before him? Well, I don't him? know that I'd take Tomlin you, before him well, be, oh, okay. because like, Tomlin hasn't, you know, I mean, he's a great coach, but he... You would take Andy Reid before him, yes. You would take Mike Shanahan before him, yes. Mike Kyle, Shanahan? Kyle. I, mean, Kyle, I mean, Kyle Shanahan before him, yes. Right now, I would. Yes. Yeah. Would you take Sean McVay before him? 
Maybe. Would you I don't take know. Pete Carroll before him? No. Why? Well, because I think that Bill well, Belichick is still the coach. Do you think Pete? Do you think Bill Belichick would have got out of Geno Smith what Pete Carroll did? Maybe so. I don't know. I mean, like, listen, I loved what Bill, with what Pete Carroll did this year, but I don't. I don't put Pete Carroll above Bill Belichick right now. But right I don't now. put not not in a career right now. Right now, yeah, I think they're on the same level. Would you take Brian Dable or would you take Bill Belichick? You're like, like look at what he did with Danny. Dimes. For right now, right now, today, I'd still take Bill Belichick. I think this game would be more fun if we quiz Sylvie who he'd take Bel- uh, over Belichick. I don't know, and I don't know what the answer is. Like, I don't want to no, be a I prisoner think- of the moment either. I don't want to be Mister Hot Take and say, Bill, no, Bill Belichick's not even a top ten guy. I don't want to be stupid, but you- I, I, I don't think his decisions have warranted being today in 2023 as one of the top coaches no, anymore. I, I agree with that. I, I think Bill Belichick, the player personnel guy, Bill Belichick, the GM, has tainted Bill Belichick, the coach, in recent years because he has made so many of those decisions that I don't think have been good ones. A lot of the players get tired of playing Absolutely. for Bill Belichick, ask, too. Ask Gronk. Yeah, I know. No, I uh, look, I I agree with you. Like time runs out on everybody, you know. I Coaches mean, his and players, absolutely. Right. So I, mean, Bill Belichick, isn't the same. He, he's not held in the same in in the here and now. He'll always be historically the greatest coach in NFL history until somebody does something right. that he did. Right. But in the here and now, I mean, like, has he? Does he still have his fastball? You ask me, I would say no. Look at the look at look at what they've done recently. Like, I love Phil Jackson. I've never believed that Phil Jackson has been one of the greatest basketball coaches. I covered Phil. I believe that he has truly been blessed by greatness with the players. Like, he, again, he moved in to the apartment when Scotty and Michael were ready to win. He did not do any of the heavy lifting he got the job after Doug Collins and everybody else grew that team. But aren't Same all great- thing with, with well, a lot of them bring them up from the bottom. Like at least Belichick brought Brady from right. the t- his beginning. Even Del Harris coached Shaq and Kobe from younger ages. Phil moved in when those two were ready to win with the Lakers. Phil t- came in when both of those groups were ready to win. But aren't most "quote unquote" great coaches also surrounded by yeah, great players? Of course, of course. I mean, it goes hand in hand. Uh, of course, it's hard to kind of separate the two. Um, like again, I, I think Bill Belichick in his prime was, you know, decisions, his control of everything. Has he lost his fastball? I think you look at the success rate of his team, and you can come to the conclusion. Uh, I, I, I think, yes, I think Bill. Like this may be crazy for people in Chicago. I think Bill Belichick did better than Phil Jackson did as a coach. Yeah, I would say so. But I'm well, I mean, you look at Phil, Phil how many titles did 11. he win? In? Yeah, totally. but again, again, he had the greatest player ever. Some of the greatest players ever won when they were ready to win. He did not bring them up from babies. They were ready in their prime yeah. when Phil took over. He did not get Michael Jordan in 1986. Right. 
He didn't even get Michael Jordan in 1989. He got Michael Jordan in 1990 when they were ready to take off. Same thing with the Lakers. So that's that's I, I've always believed he's been an overrated coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, especially in, in basketball where, the, you know, I mean, I think that players can have a greater impact on. The, I do believe that football is a sport where the strategy that is being implemented by the coaching staff can have a greater impact on the outcome of the game than in other sports. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I didn't tell you the Justin Fields story. I gotta, I gotta pay that off. And then Wilbon's gonna join us coming up at five. ESPN one thousand, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN one thousand Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. So Dove Kleinman tweeted this out uh, seven hours ago. This was right when the uh, Brady story broke that he was retiring. Um, He said the Bears have decided to go ahead with Justin Fields as the franchise quarterback and will try to trade the first overall pick in the draft instead of drafting a quarterback prospect, according to Albert Breer. Fields impressed the Bears organization on how he handled the 2022 season. Take that, Warren Sapp. Where, um, like, where did Breer say this? Breer was just on yesterday with Cap and Hoodie. I did not hear that part where he, he said that. He talked about Bears free agency. I did not hear it. But um, I'm, I'm, did he write that? Did he say that on a show, boys? Where did this come from today? I scanned his, his latest... Um Monday morning quarterback, and that was not in it. So I don't know no, where, where is exactly it's coming from. So yeah, like right. that's, that's mm-hmm. Monday. But I, lo- I looked at his last piece that he put out, and there was nothing in there about it. You would think that if that was, I mean, that that would have been so he, tweeted or written. He said it on the Rich Eisen show today, it looks like. He okay. says, quote, my sense is that they're going to move forward. Which you, I think you just read it, Sylvie, so... Right. My sense is that they're going to move forward with Justin Fields and try to trade the first pick. Could that change based on their evaluation of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson? Sure. But I've talked to enough people there that feel like Justin didn't. There wasn't enough around Justin to get a real clean evaluation on him last year. And given what he had, what he did was really, really impressive. So that was on uh, Rich Eyes. Well, that's basically much to do about nothing again. It's basically what Ryan Pohl said is that we really like Justin and we're going to move forward with Justin Fields. But if, if we're blown away, yeah. then we're going to evaluate it. Isn't you that only, exactly what get, Ryan Pohl said? Yeah, you only get four more months of this or three more months of that. Oh, boy. Good times. Yeah. It's fun, though. Listen, yeah, I mean, it, it, I like to read. Usually stuff about we're it. sitting around staring at each other mm-hmm. after a football season, going, okay, how are they going to screw this up any worse? We still have the Super Bowl. Yeah. Jim and Winnetka, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, guys. I just think you guys going back to the Belichick and, uh, and um, um, the coach decision. I, I think that Phil Jackson, he did it. He won 11 times. So whether or not, you know, it's just hard to argue that. I mean, I think that Phil was the best best there ever was. Eleven is eleven. 
I get it. I get how people think that way. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that Phil was bad or anything. Like people in the Twitch chat are talking about, you know, he perfected the triangle and everything like that. I think that if Michael Jordan ran any, any offense, <laughs> and oftentimes they would run the triangle for 20 seconds, and then Michael Jordan would bail them out at the end of it. They'd run the triangle, and by the end, the triangle didn't get them the shot. It was Michael Jordan going one-on-one to create his own shot. Um, but no, he was great. I'm not saying that Phil was bad. I'm just saying that, again, he was in the perfect place at the perfect time, was a great leader of men. Yeah. Um, he certainly, his resume is enhanced by coaching some of the best players to ever play the game. I always Same want, way that Red Arbach was and others. Right. I always wanted to see Phil grow a team. That's all I wanted to see. I, 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 that never happened. He took... Not only did he t- coach the best teams, but he never coached them from their rookie years on. He was brought in. Right, to be at, the finisher. To be the finisher. Yeah. So conversely, though, there is not evidence that he couldn't have done it. There was just right. no. Exactly. You know, there was, this is who he was. Belichick coached many yeah. of these guys from start to finish. No question. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, I'm always going to look at players with a higher regard than I am coaches. But I also think you can recognize guys, even when they're blessed with some of the greatest talent there is, regardless of sport, finding a way to navigate through a season and into the postseason and find a way to direct guys and finally hoisting the, the trophy. I think there is obviously there's certain value to that and it should be recognized. All right. So uh, where does Wilbon uh, think this uh, is going to go with Brady? Does he believe he's going to come back? What are some of his favorite memories? From Tom Brady, Uh, is he going to miss him? Michael Wilbon will join us coming up next.